Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to our podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 73. Today, I'll be interviewing author Anne McCallum Stats. She is the author of Women Heroes in the U.S. Army, as well as six children's books. She is currently an ESOL high school teacher and a member of SCBWI, as well as the Children's Book Guild of Washington, D.C. And you could learn more about Anne on her website at annemccallumstats.com. There will also be a link there in, um, in my post in my podcast. So thank you so much for being here today, Anne. I'm really excited for you to talk about your new book um, called Thrill Seekers, 15 Remarkable Women in Extreme Sports. And I've been following you on social media and like I saw all the really cool things you did. Like I'd be so scared. <laughs> and I just think it's really cool. So I'm really excited for you to talk about it. So my, my first question is just, you know, what inspired you to write a book about extreme sports, like specifically women in extreme sports? Um, and then maybe just give me like a little bit of an overview of how you organize the book. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's such a pleasure and uh, super fun to talk about it. I'm pretty excited about it, too, because I'm not really you know, I'm not really a sports person. Um, I used to ski when I was a when I was a kid, but you know, I go bicycling, I go running, things like that. But I really had no idea about um, extreme sports. So basically, I was writing about women um, in this uh, in the Women Heroes book, and I really liked the idea of those women doing these amazing things. And through the process of writing that book, I thought, well, you know, what other category is there out there of these of these women who are doing these, you know, incredible kind of outside the lines type things? And um, I was talking to actually my brother and sister-in-law one day, and they were they were telling me about this friend of theirs who was an underwater hockey player. And I was like, you know, where did that come from? I mean, <laughs> I've never, you know, I never heard of um, such a thing. So I, of course, you know, YouTube these days, you can just pop it on to uh, the computer. And I look at this underwater hockey game. And yeah, there's these, there's these women's teams, they're up in Canada. Um, and uh, anyway, I don't even know if they have them in the States, but they're playing with this heavy weighted puck and they're, you know, um, shooting the the puck and they're diving. They have they don't have any um, gear on, like they don't have you know oxygen or anything like that. So anyway, long story short, this kind of got me interested. And so um, my brother again said, "Well, I know this other woman who was at one point uh, second in the world in in downhill mountain biking." And so again, I looked her up and um, she actually ended up, um, she, she was raised in the same town that I was raised in. I didn't really know her because she's a little bit younger than me. Um, and I guess I laughed and then she laughed. Um, but she was incredible as well. And so this kind of got me started, kind of got the ball rolling. 
And um, then I thought, you know, extreme sports, like usually, like I had always thought of, you know, this mostly male dominated um, field of, you know, skydivers and, and all these sorts of things. And anyway, so long story short, I, um, I started looking up, well, what are the types of extreme sports? And I came up with all these um, sports that I've never heard of, like parkour and wingsuit flying and highlining and, you know, all of these things that were really super cool, but I knew nothing about them. Um, so anyway, I kind of collected, um, you know, my son kept telling me, oh my gosh, mom, you're, you've got the luckiest job on earth. You get to just watch YouTube videos all day. <laughs> and it was true because I was like watching you know, I'd, I'd, I'd find one, I'd be like, hey, Chris, Chloe, come here, look at this, you know, look at this, this is amazing. And so they're like, you're not working. I'm like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. This is research. Um, but I came up with um, uh, some categories. So, and I'll just uh, look at my book. So the first category was maximum sky. And that's um, a wingsuit flyer, a highliner. Um, a skydiver, and then there was extreme ocean, surfing, uh, cave diving, scuba diving, um, radical rides, which is um, formula racing. Those are those, you know, super fast race cars, um, downhill mountain bike riding, and skateboarding. Um, and, and by the way, this is an Olympian uh, that I ended up interviewing for that. Um, Epic ice and snow, which is uh, mushing, like dog sled, uh, dog sled mushing. If you're the musher, it's the person who drives the dog sled. Um, snowboarding, again, another Olympian, and um, uh, mountain climbing. So this person actually went up to many mountains around the world, including Mount Everest. Um, and then there's parkour. Uh, there's there's rock climbing. And then there's ultra running. And, and I don't know about your audience, like they might not understand what all these sports are, because I certainly did not um, when I first set out. So anyway, that, that's kind of answering your question, uh, the organization and um, sort of what attracted me to writing the book in the first place. Yeah, and I think it's really cool just for parents to read with kids, just to learn about these different sports. I mean, I'm actually like always really interested in those sort of extreme sports, like not doing them myself, but I like watching other people do them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, just especially the mountaineering. I watch a lot of documentaries about that. Um, so I, I like the way you organized it because I know when I read it with my son, I was like, well, what do you want to, you know, hear about first? Do you want to hear about, you know, um, mountaineering or in the sky or, um, epic ice, you know, so it was like a nice way to organize it. Um, one of the one of the things that I wanted to ask you was how you chose the women in your book. Like, what was what was the process in choosing them? Yeah, well, again, like once I had kind of the fabric or the the structure of the book, um, I knew I wanted to basically have three for each category. So that kind of locked me in, and I was. Um, I also wanted to make sure that I represented, you know, a, a variety of people. Um, and the, these women actually are diverse. They're also international. Um, so, for example, Sneha Sharma is a Formula uh, race car driver, and she's from India. 
And, you know, it's just amazing because it doesn't matter where you are in this world. Um, you can pick up a phone. Um, I actually talked to Sneha, um, you know, or texted her on WhatsApp. And then we figured out, you know, um, how, to, how to get in touch with each other. And I, I forget what the time zone was. It was like some crazy, you know, difference in time. Maybe, you know, it was evening to me and, you know, one in the morning to her or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was just basically looking online to see who I thought was intriguing and interesting. Um, there are two people that I actually know. Um, Anne-Marie Stevens is a scuba diver. And uh, she, I started with her um, because she's, she's this incredible, she's actually a first grade teacher. And her passion is scuba diving. So every single holiday, every vacation, she goes off to these exotic places. She, she, uh, she told me, she said, I never eat out. I never eat dinner out because I'm always saving my money so that I can go scuba diving. So, um, so she, I, I knew her, I knew L.D. Brown, or I actually met her through my brother, the uh, mountain bike um, uh, racer. And then the others, I just kind of came upon, um, you know, I looked to see who I thought was super interesting and, you know, kind of, there's a variety, like they're not all, I, I did say there are two Olympians, but there's others who um, are, you know, I guess less famous. Um, and most of them, I guess most of them are professional, but there are a few that are, you know, have day jobs as well. So it's not. It's, it's really a nice variety of people. And, um, you know, I also, I also wanted to pick people who I thought kind of started, you know, not with, it, they did, it wasn't easy for them to start. So these are people who are, you know, they all started at, with humble roots. Um, they had this passion. They had this thing inside of them that they wanted to do. Uh, for example, um, there's one woman, her name is Faith Dickey, and she's a highliner. And, and what that means is you take this little strip of, you know, it's like a two-inch cord, and you string it between two points. Sometimes it's hundreds of feet up in the air. Like, literally, they'll take this string. Uh, it's not called a string. I guess it's called a, it's called a highline, but this, this webbing or this band, and they'll hike up a mountain and they'll hook it onto one side and then they'll have to go onto the other side and, you know, put their hooks and their um, anchoring uh, equipment on the other side. And then they'll string this webbing across hundreds of feet up. And when she first started doing this, I mean, you don't have to be hundreds of feet up. You can do it, you know, one foot off the ground. Yeah, that's what but, I would do. <laughs> yeah, I know. But even, even that, I would probably break my ankle. <laughs> But anyway, so she started, that's where she started. She started with um, this slack line, it's called, between two trees. And she, it's, it's kind of flexible. It's not like a tightrope. Like a tightrope is taut, right? And you just balance along it. Sometimes you have a stick to balance yourself. Um, but with a, with a slack line or a high line, you're, you have nothing to balance you except for your arms and your, your body. So at first she could not get it at all, but then it was like this, I guess like this challenge to her and a way to get over her fear. 
And she just kept doing it and kept doing it. And at the beginning, you know, she kept falling and falling and falling. Um, she ended up going to Europe with her, you know, with equipment in her, in her um, backpack. And um, the first time that she actually went over a high line, uh, I forget how many feet it was, maybe 30, 40 feet long. Um, and, and by the way, generally you're tethered in. So there's a, if you do fall off, then something will catch you. It's not very pleasant um, to fall because, well, I guess the beginners, like they have a whole harness and, it, it, you know, it kind of catches you in the center of your body. Um, but as you get more proficient, you just have a little tether on your ankle. And so you can imagine that if you were to fall off this webbing and just be caught by your ankle, you know, that's not... <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty bad, right? It, you wouldn't die, obviously, you'd get caught. But in other words, they don't fall. You know, they get to this point of mental concentration, of confidence, of, you know, just knowing they can do it. And, um, and then, yeah, and then, and then, you know, she's able to get across. Um, and then just one more thing about Faith Dickey. She actually is so confident in her ability and so um so sure of of doing this kind of profound thing that she has actually gone on high lines with no tether whatsoever and she told me i said wow i mean that's just to me that seems like dangerous and she said well you know what at that point i really felt that if i did fall that i could catch the line you know i would catch the line on the way down um but, you know, and then I guess I, well, I'm just going to backtrack for one second about why I, I kind of got intrigued by all of these extreme sports uh, women. And it wasn't so much because they're daredevils or, you know, have a death wish or, um, you know, love doing things that are dangerous. No, it was more that they just... They wanted to. They wanted to push their bodies, and they wanted to gain this ultimate freedom and this ultimate confidence of doing something hard. And I think that you know, to me, that kind of you know relates to anybody in life. We all want to do something hard, whether it's speak in front of a group at school or put up your hand when it's your turn to talk, or you know, I mean, we all struggle. I believe most of us struggle um, with doing something difficult. So anyway. Yeah, well, I wanted, so that's what I want to get to the, to the, I know that you've participated in some of the activities. So what was some of the things that you've tried or that, you know, how, how those experiences were, if you'd like them or didn't like them, or if you were scared? Well, you know, I am, I am not an adventure athlete by, by any means. Um, when I was quite a bit younger, I did go bicycling, um, like on these bicycle trips, like multi-day bicycle trips. I also used to ski. And one crazy time, I actually went bungee jumping from a hot air balloon. And that was, but I, you know, I didn't really like it. I, I didn't mind the jumping off part of the, when I got up into the balloon, because it was so beautiful. And, you know, it was like, okay, I'm going to just jump off. And there's a, you know, something attached to me. But what I didn't like was that flipping around at the bottom where you're totally out of control. Um, so I really didn't do anything else major until I started 
thinking about this book and started to write this book. And then um, I did have the opportunity to go on a tandem um, skydive. And, uh, you know, again, it's tandem and it's nothing like these women are doing. I mean, they're, you know, they're out there wingsuit flying and professionally skydiving on their own and, you know, doing these acrobatics in the sky. And um, but anyway, I wanted to have at least a taste of what it was like. And so I uh, so, yeah, pretty recently, actually, last fall, I went skydiving um, for the first time and um, you know, we had to wear a mask and everything. And, uh, and then we got in the air and, uh, you know, I don't know, like I was hooked up to this guy and we just, he just dropped us out of the plane and, you know, and it was, I, I think my mouth was just going, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> like, a, I don't know. I just couldn't stop, you know, being amazed by what was happening and uh, so you go in free fall for the first few seconds, and then, um, and then all of a sudden he pulled the parachute, and it wasn't it wasn't jerky or uncomfortable at all. It was just this transition from free fall, and you know I, I actually have a video of it, and my my cheeks are like flapping around, and my ears are flapping around because of the wind. Um, and then once you're but once you're underneath the parachute it's just so peaceful and beautiful. And, you know, you're looking over the countryside and you're in the air and you have this, you know, bird's eye view of everything. And it just is kind of this profound feeling. I mean, I was, I was, I have to say, I wasn't scared. I was more excited. There was only one, probably three seconds of, of like nervousness. And that was when the guy um, behind the, you know, the tandem instructor that I was with, he loosened my shoulder straps and he loosened my leg straps because, you know, after the free fall, we didn't have to be so tightly, tightly bound to each other. And I was like, don't, don't loosen those too much, you know, make sure that I don't slip right out. So, (laughs) but that was really fun. Um, I tried going in a, uh, a formula uh, race car. Yeah. I saw that picture. Uh Huh? Well, that was, that was really fun too. Um, so part of the cool thing about that was uh, it was at the Richmond um, race course and uh, or speedway, maybe it's called. And um, when I went there, it's, it's not like a, it's a modified race car. So there's a, because, because normally a formula one race car doesn't have two passengers. It only has one. Um, but this was, this was a modified vehicle uh, that had a driver and then it had me in the back and, um, you know, it had jet engine, jet fuel or whatever, and it was going fast, but it was really, you know, the whole atmosphere was really cool because it was loud, um, from all those vehicles and it smelled like, you know, um, engine fuel, but it was like such a unique and interesting experience. Like it was a nice smell and it was a nice sound. And, uh, you know, it was just pushing myself to something interesting. And, you know, especially, especially with, um, you know, the lockdowns and COVID and all that, um, you know, I, I feel like I've just basically been sitting at my computer for the last year. And so doing these things, um, that was actually last fall as well. It was just, wow, you know, there's so much to life that I've never even thought of doing before. 
And, uh, and I think that was part of the beauty of writing the book too, is that, you know, there's so much to life that I had no idea about. And sure, maybe I'm not going to go cave diving into an iceberg um, like Jill Heinerth or, you know, wingsuit flying or whatever, but to read about it and to know it exists and to try it in a tiny way myself, I just thought that was precious. It was just, it was just precious. Yeah. And even to just meet the person, like just you describing it, mm-hmm. a high line, I felt like nervous, <laughs> just, you know, I mean, cause I've always watched those videos. Like I just not, I wouldn't do it cause I don't, you know, I would be too scared, but, um, but I think it's really cool. Just, I think even just hearing about it or just talking to somebody going through it mm-hmm. is, um, I think it's inspiring in a way because I think a lot of these women too, like they were so passionate about it and they continue to work at it. Like what you were saying. Um, and I think that's just a great lesson for kids. Mm-hmm. And it may not be like the most, you know, maybe common path for right. somebody, but if you're passionate about something, you may be able to turn it into a career. A lot yeah. These women did. So, um, or, or some of them did and they have another career, but it's also okay to have a career and then to have, you know, this passion on the side, like you do. I mean, you're a teacher and then you also write books. Right. So, um, yeah, that's just really, it's really amazing. I thought these stories were really amazing. Oh, um, so, um, so I just wanted to ask you one more question, just about any like future books that you're working on. Cause I always feel like you're kind of, you're working on and you, and you, you write so many different types of books, which I think are, re- which are really interesting. So any, any books for the future that you're thinking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, I can actually share this because um, I, I recently, well, not too recently, but I have an agent now and he, um, he actually announced it. So it's okay to, to talk about it. Cause he was like, no, we have to talk about it. You know, you can't, um, can't just keep it quiet. So I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> But it's not, uh, I'm, I'm in the process of writing and uh, the book is called High Flyers. And again, um, it's about women, but it's about women aviators. And so it's organized. And, and again, this could change because I'm just in the process. Um, but there's, it's organized into three sections. There's low altitude, higher altitude, and then there's space altitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm in the process of interviewing um, all of these different aviators and, you know, anybody from uh, medevac helicopter pilot to commercial pilot to astronauts. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, so it's really, again, it's really, it's really fun and interesting. And I, I kind of love the idea of doing it from um, the female perspective again, because, you know, again, you think of, you know, when you get on an airplane, um, you you expect that there's, you know, well, at least I do, you know, I, I have this in the back of my head, oh, well, it's just a man that's in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, that's changing. It's changing, it's changing a lot. I mean, it's not, it's still, um, you know, a small fraction of women who uh, take these jobs, but um, it's changing. And I think it's, I think it's a fabulous job. I, you know, I said to my daughter, every time I'm interviewing somebody or, you know, finding out about these new careers, I'm like, hey, Chloe, you know, you should do this. You know, why don't you, why don't you like be a bush pilot? You know, why don't you, why don't you go into aviation? 
And uh, yeah, so I think it's I think it's really fun and and important and cool um, for kids to have that um, you know to have to have those role models. Well, thank you so much. And your book is going to be out. You said March second, right? Yeah, March second. So definitely pre-order, and I'll, I'll put some links in the post there. So is there anything else that you want to talk about before we finish up? Um, well, I just wanted to mention also that we're having um, a book launch, a virtual book launch on March 18th. Um, it's with Politics and Prose, which is a bookstore um, that's local here, but it's virtual, which is really cool. So anybody can come. And um, we're going to have, it's going to be myself, but it's also going to include some of the women from the book. So they'll be sharing their stories as well. Um, so far. So cool. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really fun. A big, big party, virtual, big virtual party. That's really awesome. I think, well, maybe I'll put that link in as well. Um, okay, the information you. there. So anyone could, if they want to uh, check it out, I'll definitely be there. Because <laughs> that sounds really interesting. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on today. This has been so interesting and great. And I love your book. And definitely check out um, Anne's book because it's really, I think, I, I mean, as an adult, I'm, I'm enjoying reading it. But I also think it's, it's great for middle grade. And I think even for older elementary, as far as a read aloud. Because what you could do is, you know, even in a classroom, well, I mean, you're a teacher, so... Um, I always feel like you come from that perspective, um, mm-hmm. but just even separating, you know, having to read the book and having kids choose which person they want to do a report on. I mean, there's so many different things that we could do with this book that I think is really, really interesting. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. This was really fun. I appreciate it. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for listening. Listen and learn with us at Language Sharing Mealtime. Time.